0: It is Do you guys like that? How do you feel about the new intro? It's it's our old outro. You guys like it? It's, it's the same music that I hear when I do my Jazzercise class, so I love it. Is it? it? Oh, yeah. that's nice. I, I don't want to imagine you in a unitard, but I kind of can. You guys, <laughs> we've got to... Welcome to the round table. This is Inside Texas's... Uh, yeah, it's our weekly. We get on this on Saturday, kind of recap the week go through the things that we're looking forward to, answer some just mind-bending questions about the universe. And uh, today we've got Ian, we've got Paul, and we've got Justin. So let's just get started, shall we? Uh, But before we do, please like and subscribe. It really helps my self-esteem. I would love to move out of my mother's basement. It's just an opportunity for me to be more upwardly mobile. But let's start. We've got a brand new hire at the University of Texas. And I know Justin wanted to talk about this a little bit. The uh, we have hired the little person from Star Wars. Kenny Baker is now the defensive line coach. And I'd love for you to help us break that down a little bit.
1: Yeah. um, The 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 journey to find Texas next defensive line coach is over our long, our long. What was it? About two week trek to to figure out what was going to happen. We knew it was coming from the NFL. We didn't know where, though, exactly. We had a pretty good idea. Think about it. And then Roderick Wright decided to there you go. Um, stay home, which can't blame him. Can't blame him. Um, now, you know, I talked to uh, a couple of people uh, with the Miami Dolphins organization uh, over the last few days just to kind of kick the tires on who is Kenny Baker. You know, obviously, you know, named after the, the famous Star Wars character, R2-D2. Uh, <laughs> and so but no, seriously, this is a guy that I you know, Bo Davis had a lot of respect in that Texas locker room and and, and in that coaching staff. Uh, But, but everybody gets old. We all get old. I mean, except for Paul, my God, he looks the same as he did 20 years ago, but the rest of us, we get old. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes they're not as sharp when it comes to, to recruiting you know, sometimes they're, they're not as eager to get on the trail. Kenny Baker is, he brings a young, energetic, enthusiastic attitude. Um, you know, uh, the, one of the safeties that used to play at Texas is, is in Miami right now. And, and he said, basically, he's a guy that doesn't scream. He's, he's kind of a, a, a teacher in a way. He's more of a hands on guy. He's not going to holler at you. He's damn sure not going to cuss you out on the back of the bus, even though that was warranted. It was that that was needed. That was a turning point. But that's not what this guy's style is. Uh, the thing is with Kenny is that, you know, he was a D-line coach at, at Western Kentucky. And, and that's where he got a, started beginning his recruiting chops was essentially being in the area. He's, he's very big in Atlanta, you know, the capital of the South. He's very big in that region. And now with his youth and his energy and his ability to go into these high schools with the Longhorn logo on one side and the SEC moniker on the other is going to give him instant credibility. And I think that to me is a big factor. Not to mention, he comes from the Vic Fangio uh, coaching tree. And just talking to a couple of high school coaches, they 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 talked him up. And I'd love to hear Ian's you know take on that or Paul's as well. Uh, you know, kind of where that comes from. But for Kenny Baker, this is a guy that I think is going to be surprisingly good. I think I think Sark was looking for some youth in this recruiting staff. You know, if you'll notice the last few hires when they'd lose somebody he brings in a younger guy. And, and, and it's not always, you don't always, you know, it's not always forever young, but the younger guys aren't near as jaded sometimes. They they they, they, they want to build up those recruiting chops. They want to you know, grow up the coaching tree. You, you know how you do that? You go dominate coaching defensive line at the University of Texas, the top five program in the nation. That's how you really start to put skins on the wall. And right. so I think Kenny Baker, it looks like from the early results is, is going to be a fantastic hire.
0: Ian, you're someone also that's really big in Atlanta. Do you have any thoughts specifically on this hire? One of the things that you mentioned earlier was the idea whether this was a Nason hire or a a Sark hire or maybe even a PK hire. Can you you talk about that a little bit?
2: Well, Western Kentucky was coached by uh, Tyson Helton, right? Yeah. It was formerly of USC. So there are some Sarkesian and did you say Nason? Is that how you pronounce it? The new Nansen, Nansen Nansen. Okay. Sorry.
0: That's okay. Yeah, they're, they're,
2: they both have connections to, to him through USC. I think, especially maybe Nansen Nansen was there because Helton replaced Sark and, and Nansen hung on for a while. But, um, the style that he coached at Western Kentucky, that is probably why Vic Fangio snapped, snatched him up to coach at Miami is very compatible with what Pete Kwiatkowski wants to do at Texas. Um, Two four five defense, so you got two edge hybrids, and then a pair of uh, defensive tackles inside that are basically eating space. Yeah, that that's what Fangio likes to do. That's what uh, that's what uh, uh, Baker was doing at Western Kentucky and in Miami, and that, that's what they want to do at Texas. Particularly, there's this uh, newer technique in, in football called gap and a half where you teach your defensive tackles to uh, attack the blocker position themselves in the gap, but try to keep the blocker at like arm's length and weight and just kind of sit there and make the running back, bounce the run and get him going sideways. And then if he doesn't, uh, if he, if he breaks into another gap, then the, the defensive tackle can then try to disengage from the block and follow him into another gap and defend him there. Um, it's a uh, sacrificial kind of role to play for def- a defensive tackle Tavondre sweat played it last season, but the upside is that it, li- it allows you to do less with more. So theoretically you can play your, the rest of your defense back and have them focus on the pass and they can arrive late to stop the run because the defensive tackles are focused on clogging space and forcing the running back to, to take his time and in, in, in finding a gap. That's, that's the style that, makes the two, four, five work better. It's the style Pete Wikowski wants to play. So the Sire made a lot of sense on that level as well.
0: Paul, uh, if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to hear your thoughts, but if you wouldn't just just go into your skincare routine, let us know why you're able to maintain such a great complexion.
3: Uh, this isn't my face.
0: Fair enough. You are,
3: yeah. you ever seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Uh,
0: only at my wedding.
1: The only scary movie I've ever watched. You've never oh. seen The Exorcist?
0: No. Bro, it's okay, Justin. It's okay. It's scary. Movies yeah. are scary, y'all. Yeah, I don't have nightmares, Paul. Yeah. God, be considerate. It's so gross, Paul. Tell okay, great. So it's not your face. What do you? How do you feel about Kenny Baker? Obviously, not the actor, the defensive line coach.
3: I just wanted to say, Justin once called me terrified after watching Dunstan checks in the orangutan yeah, well,
1: movie.
3: Yeah,
0: well, Do you know how strong those things orangutan are? Orangutan,
3: they'll, they'll rip your head I've got a great orangutan story for you at the end of this. But uh, <laughs> so that you think
1: of
3: well, first, let me explain the jokes about Kenny Baker. If you Google Kenny Baker, you yeah. get images of the English actor, the little person who played R2-D2 in the Star Wars movie. So mm-hmm. I'm trying yeah. to land the joke for all of you here. And, and often
0: second, explaining it is a great way to do that. So The best I, way
3: I, to humor I, is to explain it ex, in and, excruciating detail.
0: And ask people to Google it. <laughs>
3: And, and interrupt the talent
0: as much as possible. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. Forgive me. Also, uh, back a, lot to of, you, Paul. a lot of
3: a lot of eye contact from you, Lucas, recently. You're getting very I can, brazen.
0: I understand. <laughs> I understand. Looking in the camera is sometimes <laughs> difficult for folks. I get it.
3: All right. So Kenny Baker. Uh, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't know a thing about the guy. In fact, I, we just got a quick download on him from Justin. I was Googling around trying to figure out his background and, Ian, so the, I want to talk about the age thing. I think that's actually quite big. Uh, Bo Davis was a very respected coach. You know, I don't want to do the thing where the coach leaves and then you have all the, oh, well, the real deal with this coach was he was overrated. No, I mean, Bo Davis is a very good coach, very tenured. But I, I don't think it's unfair to say that older coaches get a little tired of the recruiting, Brian. And sure. frankly, some of the nonsense that's involved in it. And so young coaches, as Justin very wisely said, they're interested in getting those hides up on the wall. And they understand that one of the ways to do that is recruiting. Baker's a guy in his mid-30s. So he's at that nice area between experience where he's been coaching for 14 years. But then also, he's still young. He could still relate. He's still willing to have those text message exchanges at 11 o'clock on a Thursday, right? Uh, And I think that's important. You know, he wants to go out and, and, and get some wins. The connections to Atlanta are huge. Coincidentally, I just posted something on Inside Texas, uh, basically about the four most voluminous states that provide to the NFL, and that's of course Texas, Florida, California, and Georgia. Georgia. Oh. And Georgia is the one that's up with a like a rocket over the last ten or fifteen years. There's yep. a number of reasons for that. We'll we'll do a pot we'll do a show about that sometime in the future. But he's got great connections there. That's huge. And then I think the other part that's interesting is what Ian brought up with gap and a half and Vic Fangio. So the important thing to remember about gap and a half is that pure two gapping, you know, the classic Vince Woolfork kind of dude for the Patriots, who's three seventy and like standing up guys. And it's, it's, it's read and react, frankly. And not a lot of people do that system purely anymore. So gap and a half you're attacking, you're firing out. And, and you are taking a gap aggressively, but what you're also doing is almost like what edges are doing in that you're grabbing a guy, like half of the guy, and then pushing him into another hole. So gap and a half is still aggressive. You're not catching blocks if you, if you run it correctly. So I think that could still marry to what our defensive tackles are, are going to be good at next year or this year, I should say, I keep doing that.
0: Um, Can you tell us the difference a little bit between this gap and a half and like a three technique? Because, you know, the the two gap, you're lining up straight across the guy, right? And the three technique, you're really kind of literally playing that in between space. So is this just different verbiage or is this a completely different technique?
3: No, so the, 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 the number techniques, a three technique is you're on the outside shoulder of the guard, right? And you're often heading up field and trying to penetrate. You often want to put your best pass rusher at your three technique, right? You can still play three technique in gap and a half because that's what I'm talking about. You're on that outside shoulder of the guard. You're going to fire hard upfield. And if you don't get sufficient resistance, you're going to go make a play in the backfield. If you do get resistance or even a double team from the tackle and the guard, you're going to stop. You're going to get strong and you're going to hold up there. And you're not going to try to penetrate through Cause that can actually, they can actually run and fill the space behind you. And then suddenly you've got a, a, a free offensive lineman on your safeties and on your linebackers. And that's how you, that's how you pop 60 and 70 yard runs. So through time and experience, that's what the NFL has sort of learned. And, you know, it's a, it's a broad overcharacterization, but this is something I always say most offensive innovation in football started at usually in a Texas high school football field and trickled its way up to the NFL. Right. Uh, Most defensive innovation other than a couple of things start in the NFL and it trickles down. So this gap and a half, this Vic Fangio kind of system, this is something that's NFL that's trickling down to the college game. And you're seeing more and more teams do it. And really it's a question of technique and teaching. And that's the third part I wanted to touch on that Justin really struck on. This guy's a teacher and Fans, and we all tend to love the yellers and the screaming coaches and, oh, he cares. You know what? Players tune out the screaming and the yelling pretty quickly. And in fact, if you have kids, you realize screaming and yelling should be reserved for certain moments and times when you really want to make an impression. But most yeah. of the time, you should be talking to them normally and trying to teach. And it's no different when you're trying to teach uh, football players. Will Muschamp, was all, you know, we'd always see his demeanor on the sideline what most people don't realize is he was actually pretty calm and very teaching oriented, you know, 95% of the time. And that's why players liked him and respected him. Kenny Baker is going to be a guy that I think is going to be interested in teaching, recruiting, and then helping put in a system that's going to be complementary to what Pete Krakowski wants to do. So on that level, I think it's an interesting hire. The truth is I can't come in here and sell everyone a bill of goods. I didn't know who the guy was until a couple of hours ago. Sure. And we'll just have to see. We're going to have to see how it goes.
0: Well, that's what that's the the same with pr- pretty much any of the coaches, right, that are establishing their themselves well, at this Bill level. In this place. In, I'd
3: say he probably would earn some grudging respect and leeway early in his career, and then we might have to crack the whip on him. But, you know.
0: Fair enough. Justin we we are still doing uh recruiting. I've I've noticed that's something that doesn't really stop. Is there any anything you'd like to let us know about specifically the the transfer portal? Any news there with these teams finding some new coaches?
1: Yeah. Um you're right. Recruiting never stops. There's no vacations, there's no family time. There's no you go to ch- I get church. Right. I get church on Sunday. I get a little 2-hour window to to go see you know praise the Lord and get filled with the spirit. And then I go back to recruiting, but right. that's the way it goes. It's, it, it's, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. Only few special people can actually cover it.
0: I think special is a very good word. When yeah. you are covering uh, recruiting, what, what specifically draws you to it? Like when you're looking at a, at a, at a player, when are you like, oh, all right, this, this is a Texas fit. What does a Texas fit mean to you? Whoo. That's a that's a big question. Um, It just depends on the
1: position, but it's at a point now where there's an eye test thing like you, 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 you once you get to a school, you know, certain guys are just big or or, or or large or, or you, you can see certain tendencies and traits in them and then you see them compete and some of them just compete at an, an intense level while others kind of go through the motion and then you obviously talk to the coaches and you talk to the teachers and you talk to their parents to get background and personality on them and then you try to figure out okay is this a guy that texas wants now it doesn't hurt to have sources within the program to kind of lead you in that direction because why do I want to cover forty running backs that got offered in twenty twenty five when I can cover four or five that are really the priorities?
0: And are these coaches making these introductions for you? Like because obviously there's going to be no no, you know, how, no, are you, no. Are you just cold yeah, calling these are sources within the program? Happening. There's no contact. Right. I don't talk to any
1: of them. These are sources within the program. No no interactions with any coaches. Blah blah blah. Right. Make sure that's make sure we've got that. Yes, um, understood. But um. Yeah, you know, it's funny because 10 years ago, 12, 15 years ago when I started, you know, Texas, there was a Texas type. And today it's a little different because when you have success like Sark had in this last season, last two seasons, really, but really 2023, um, the really good players want to come to Texas. It kind of makes it easier for us, to be honest with you, because now any kid I talk to in the state of Texas, 99% of them want to hear from Texas. And that wasn't the case 10 years ago. You know, it, there were so many other factors. The SEC growing, Alabama and LSU destroying people. Uh, when Texas A&M went to the SEC, they had a little window there in the state where they were being able to cherry pick it and and and, and take guys, and and that that just failed miserably. Um, that that window closed, um, and so. You know it's it's interesting because you know you're constantly doing it. It's a constant thing, and it's not just the 2025 class. You have to cover the 2026 class. You have to cover the 2027 class. I was notified about an eighth grader on Tuesday that picked up his very first offer. Now he's six foot three, 190 pounds, and he comes from Pleasant Grove. The last two kids that got offered in eighth grade from Pleasant Grove High School in Texarkana, Texas, were a man named Landon Jackson who is the starting defensive end edge for Arkansas, all SEC, and Lance Jackson, the newest commit for the 2025 class for Texas and and Sark and Coach PK. And so uh, they they do it big over there in PG. And so it it ranges. You you, got to know them all and you got to build it all. But ultimately, you know, let's give them a recruiting little recap. Right now you've got portal and you've got high school. When the portal range, let's talk a little bit about DBs. Jabbar Muhammad. Um, he visited Texas last uh, recently. Then he went to Tuscaloosa. Now, as this is filming, he's going to be on his visit with uh, uh, an Oregon. And, and, and there's some, there's some vibes there that, that Oregon could lead. But uh, if you read the humidor at the university, uh, you read humidor at Inside Texas from Eric Nalina and myself, you know, that, uh, you know, Texas isn't out of it. That, that's a kid. They, they still want Jabbar Muhammad could come in and play immediately. Like, Immediately. And, and and Paul and, 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 and Ian would, would, would justify that. Um, but, you know, if that doesn't happen, there's always a contingency. And Arizona's got a DB that I think people need to be aware of. His name is Takario De- Davis, 6'4", I think 60, 178 pounds. Um, kind of looks like a Ryan Watts, but skinnier. Uh, it's, it got some long, long wingspan, good, good length, uh, decent hips. Um, he's a guy that entered the portal after Jed Fish had left. And so don't be surprised if Texas kicks the tires on that guy. And don't be surprised if he pops in for perhaps a visit in Austin in the future. Uh, now we go to high school. And really, there's not a whole lot other than coaches on the road. That's where they're at. Right now, every Texas football coach is on the road. They are hitting planes, rental cars, suburbans. They they, they are going all over the place. For me personally, Steve Sarkisian's in my backyard right now. Well, this has been on Saturday. He was in my backyard on Friday. I can tell you that much. Uh, He's going to see a running back out of Chapel Hill named Ricky Stewart Jr. who just picked up an offer. uh, I think Texas. He's an SMU commit, but that's not going to last very much longer. Michigan, Alabama, LSU, Oregon, all in the mix for a kid that's got 64 touchdowns over his last three seasons. Um, He's a baller. And so Sark's on the road, and and he's seeing these guys. And then you've got him going coast to coast. You've got – You've got Jeff Banks down in Houston. You've got Kyle Flood up on the East Coast. You've got Chris Jackson out on the West Coast because there's always going to be a West Coast pipeline as long as Steve Sarkeesian is coaching at the University of Texas. And so to kind of summarize, you got portal recruiting. You always got to pay attention to that because it's always a factor. Even with the window closed, you're looking at teams that, like Michigan. Like, I think you're going to see some newsworthy stuff come out of Michigan over the next over the next few days. They lost their coach, Jim Harbaugh, headed to the San Diego Chargers, not L.A. And that to me is it, it, it's always it, there's always something, man. You said it. It never ends. It's always something. And then that window will close again and open back up at the end of the spring. And that's where you might see a couple of Texas guys move on. That's, that's when it gets even more interesting after spring ball as for recruiting in high school. That's an everyday thing. Texas is building a really solid class. I believe they have five in the 2025 class right now. They added running back the first, their first recruit for the 2026 cycle Racine Guillory out of Alito. Uh, he jumped on uh, in the boat uh, at junior day last, uh, uh, last weekend. And so he's a kid that's, uh, just fast. I mean, Alito's got good athletes and he's plus athlete over there. And so, uh, to summarize again it, it it never ends lucas it never ends and and i hope the people watching aren't nodding off i hope they i've kept their focus long enough and cuz i think i've dribbled on plenty
0: no no it's not it's not dribbling at all i mean um you've been very succinct uh, concise i think one thing i'd like to hear especially specifically on the the dribbling front is how ian's new child is doing how how are we doing over there ian
2: doing pretty good uh, the last couple nights, the child has learned to sleep at night mm-hmm. in the bassinet and right. not exclusively <laughs> in the daytime in her rocking chair. So, uh, oh,
0: she has her own rocking chair.
2: Well, you know, those little bouncers that you can like put your foot on and bounce it while you work,
0: right? Yeah. Is that what you're in right now? Something similar to that?
2: No, no, it's no. a little. We'll to, everyone can Google search this after they Google search. Uh
0: man, we do we, we
2: have stock
1: and the R2-D2 in R2D 2 in Alphabet? Okay. She's already a team player, Ian. She already knows
0: the practice schedule. Oh my gosh. That, All that's right. incredible. The wheels are coming off. Uh Paul, is this is your one and only chance to tell us about your orangutan.
3: Uh yeah, I went to a a, a monkey sanctuary <laughs> where they they take care of old primates that were used as like lab test animals. And one of them was an orangutan named pumpkin Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. pumpkin was about five and a half feet tall and about 300 pounds.
0: Did you get a forty times?
1: It's a three tech.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, pumpkin was extremely smart and uh, we got to interact with pumpkin and pumpkin wanted my bottled water that I was drinking. And I kind of looked at the handler. I was like, what do you want me to do? And They're like, give it to him. So I gave pumpkin the bottled water and pumpkin unscrewed the top, Put it in his mouth, drained the whole thing without his hands on it, then took it, screwed the tap back on, and handed it back out to me
0: out through the cage. Oh my god! Wow. So yeah, basically, um, you're basically Jane Goodall, is what you're telling us. <laughs> you.
3: I felt a connection to Punkin, and that's why uh-huh. I came back later that night and broke him out. And we've right. been on the run, having adventures ever
1: since.
0: Oh Do wow, you- that's amazing. Oh,
1: let me ask real oh. quick, Paul. Let me ask real quick. I was I was told in in, in that type of sanctuary. That if you give something to one of the, 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 the orangutan, the chimpanzee, if you give them something, it actually insults the others in the pack. And then they actually come and attack the person, the, 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 the orangutan that got the treat. That oh, got wow.
0: that. Is that Let something me,
1: they talked about?
0: Did you, you throw drop- that orangutan under the bus, Paul? That's really what we're driving at here.
3: Let me drop some wisdom on you, fools. Oh, yeah, All I'm right. I'm so excited for this. The chimps are a communal pack animal. The orangutan is a more solitary animal. Okay. Borneo, Malaysia, the chimps are where?
2: Africa. The, Africa. Yep.
3: Yep. You don't mix chimps and orangutans. Okay. Got
1: you. Come on, guys. I'm learning. Yeah, I'm learning. Fellas, let's get oh, back. My knew was Kenny Baker. I did not <laughs> know about Project What was that movie?
3: Project, Project X, X with uh, Matthew Broderick. Oh, Matthew
0: Broderick. Hey, real quick thing
1: on uh,
3: Takario Davis. Oh, Justin right. is actually exactly right about him, but that those were like his high school specs. I actually did a little research on him when I saw him go in the portal because I uh, he caught my eye when they played OU in the bowl game. Uh, Ticario's up to like 195, 200 now. He's, he's not, yeah. you know, Greyhound skinny anymore. And he's an interesting play. I mean, he is legitimately 6'3", 6'4", probably a little bit more of a zone corner cover two type guy. You know, if you if you have a cover behind him. But uh, he led the Pac-12 in pass breakups. He was second team all Pac-12, just like Jabbar Muhammad. So very different quarterbacks, but effective. So he might be a pivot point for us. We'll see. I'd be very curious to see.
0: We want to thank everybody for tuning in and just enduring this 25 minutes of excellence. We do this every Saturday. We're going to recap the week for you and give you some new information to look forward to. All of these folks here, with the exception of me, uh, write for Inside Texas. And that's by design. I'm not good at it. These people are very good at it. We recommend that you check them out, right? So we've got a community board that the community is very strong. It is $1 for a month. So please check that out. As Justin likes to say, let us earn your business. And please let us earn your business. If you can like and subscribe to this, then you're doing the saints work because we do not deserve it today. But I really appreciate you all checking in. This was great work by you three. Uh, I'd like to thank my mom for letting me use her basement. Anything else you guys would like to say?